Hello, I'm Peter Purvis. You're listening to Traveling the Vortex. Join the doctor as he travels the vortex and landed episode number 131. And I'm Keith, but you can call me one. I'm Sean, you can call me two. I'm three, and you can call me. Wait. <laughs> I kind of want to. I'm the one who always messes this up every week. Because you're three. I'm just three. That's why you're three, Glenn. <laughs> you will never arrive. And, and then when two dies, I don't get promoted. Nope, at all. you're still three. <laughs> You'll still be three. How are you guys? I'm good. I'm good. Do anything fun this weekend, Glenn? I'll uh, save you for last because you got a long story to tell. I didn't do anything fun. <laughs> yes, you did. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, um, not a lot. Um, first full week of my diet, um, I started to diet about a week and a half ago after I went to the doctor and was told I'd better lose some weight. I got arthritis in my knee, so. <laughs> um, but I lost uh, weight in. That yard work, I weighed in this morning. Yeah, <laughs> I weighed in this morning. I have. I, I've lost six and a half pounds. Hey, good job. Thank you. So, that's been with uh, counting calories and getting some cardio exercise. So I saw you bikes recently. Real simple. We did. Yeah, we. Uh, Caitlin and I <coughs> rode bikes on the Shunga Trail, and Holly and Mason. Well, Holly walked. Mason uh, rode his big wheel. Huh. So. But yeah, about two and a half miles, roughly. We, nice. we rode we rode the Shungo Trail all the way down and back. So we we did a loop from the parking lot, basically. Mm. And that was pretty much it. I mean, we 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 got out and you know played at the park yesterday and and stuff and just my uh, nephew's birthday party in Kansas City yesterday went over there. So that was, it was a pretty eventful weekend, but nothing too exciting. But I do want to mention my kids' video. Yes, <laughs> I forgot you to mention this. last week because. Uh, they, for my birthday, they made me a Doctor Who music video, and uh, it's really cute. And it's on our website. It's actually posted already. So uh, go go watch it. Let me know what you think because it's it's adorable. It's they, very very cute. My, my daughter came up with the concept. She's nine. Uh, Mason was one of the actors. He did a fantastic job, and, and my wife Holly pitched in as well and helped help the kids. So and it is really really the cool. artwork is hers by the way. She drew all those pictures. Too. Oh nice oh, yeah. No. No. Caitlin, sorry. <laughs> Caitlin did. <laughs> Caitlin drew, that, drew, the, drew the Cybermen in the... But well, no, because Holly couldn't have drawn them that good. They were really good. I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> and the TARDIS, the genius, they took a blue... Which I didn't realize we had a TARDIS blue blanket. Oh. <laughs> that needs to move out to the it, couch They now. threw it over a door, and then they just taped two um, uh, pieces of paper as for windows. And then the, I... I saw that and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that's that's so cool!" You, you, my the daughter came up with that. She's she's very talented. Anyway, yeah, so, she is. Um, I have a little filmmaker on your hands. Yeah, that was my week. She's got this little app that it's it, it's actually a really neat neat app, and she's really good at it because while it's I don't want to say it's user friendly because it, it is, or I don't want to say it's not user friendly because it is, but she utilizes it in a way that is very creative with it that I think some people would just kind of shoot and go and she mm-hmm. she really does a nice job with it so oh. very cool that's all I got I've been on a movie tear lately uh, Netflix added a sequel to a movie that I really liked so I went back and rewatched it the first one which was Silent Hill oh right right 
which if you haven't seen Silent Hill and you like scary movies, go watch it because it's so good and it's so creepy and it's so atmospheric. And if you can accept most of the things in the movie, you won't have any problem with the story. Like if you can accept the basic premise around it, you won't have any problem. You got to suspend disbelief. Still, it's a horror movie. I liked the Money Pit. So wait, wait, wait. Okay, so you went back and watched the first. I one. watched the first. Rewatched one. it. Yes, and then I watched the sequel. How was the sequel? Stay far, 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 far away from it. Have you seen either of them? No. You're not a horror movie fan. This movie. It's based on a video game. Yeah, well, very not a big video game. Well, we we never played it because it's a it's a it's a PS PlayStation. Yeah, which that's what was great about the first movie is they captured the atmosphere and everything, and they didn't really capture it in this one. It feels rushed. The casting should bad. the casting should have been great. It's got Sean Bean. It's is, not the same cast. Some of it is. Sean yeah, Bean is. is in oh, the first okay. one, and he survives the first movie. Say what? Yeah, <laughs> to be in the second the movie one. that Sean Bean survives. Yeah, crazy. I'm gonna spoil it because I don't want anybody to go watch this. He actually technically survives this one. Oh, say what? Yeah, two movies in two a row. Two movies. He survives. It's got one phenomenal film, one really, really stinker. Yeah. <laughs> it's got uh, Kit Kittingren or whatever John Snow from Game of Thrones. Who he's he's good in Game of Thrones. It's got Carrie Ann Moss, Trinity from The Matrix. Mm-hmm, yeah. Normally a very good actress. It's got Malcolm McDowell, sometimes a good actor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we talked about yeah. that. I've come to the conclusion. I'm not impressed by Malcolm McDowell. There's only oh, two movies I that, like. That's, where that, that's where that came from. Okay. Because I watched this movie almost pulling my hair out the entire time. Because I'm like, what are you doing? The, if you played the video games and liked the third video game, you might like the movie. The, it's a good adaptation of the third video game. The second movie is a good adaptation. A decent of adaptation of the third, third video, video game. game. Unfortunately, they disregard any changes made in the first movie no. to make the movie work better. Wow. So, yeah. How does that work? Yeah, there, there, does there, that work? there were changes to, they made to the overall story of the first movie where it borrowed and created its own story instead of completely emulating the original story. Sure. They didn't continue those changes onward. Uh, yeah. Like, that doesn't work. Yeah, it really doesn't work. The whole idea is, like, in the sequel, there's this cult that's trying to bring about uh, paradise, kind of, and none, and it deals with the child, and it's really hard to explain, and it doesn't make much sense, because none of that was in the first movie. There was a cult, but they were trying to keep the darkness at bay, not bring about paradise and cause this child to come into being, which is what they claim in the second one. So stay far, far away from Are that. they both on Netflix? No. Only Just the, the second one. Just the second one. Darn, that's unfortunate. Robert has it if you want to watch oh, it. Oh, does he? Okay. That's, that's who I had to borrow it from because I no longer have my copy. Uh, and then we Saturday went out and... Uh, Went to a friend's birthday party and played a little bocce ball, which was pretty fun. I never played that in real life. Sarah do as good as she does on the uh, PS3? She did pretty good. Um, I scored once. (laughs) She scored two or three times. Uh, Unfortunately, we just... uh, Adam and Amber and their friend, Sam, had played before in in real life. And so they're they're just better at it. So we just need practice. And then we watched Rent, because I've never seen Rent. 
Really? Yeah, I've never seen that. Well, okay. I prefer the stage version over the. I want to see the stage version now. I didn't, and Sarah told me after we watched it that, except for like Rosario Dawson and the woman who plays Joanne, it's the entire original run cast. Which that's really cool that they were so bold to do that. I always avoided it because, while being a theater guy, I was never a big musical guy. And all through high school, I heard that Seasons of Love song every other month. (laughs) So I got so sick of it, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So if I would have watched it when it came out, I probably wouldn't have liked it. But now, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's a a good musical. Musical, it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah I, I like the music. movie. I like the stage version better, but the movie. There, there's a filmed version of the musical, like the stage Broadway, mm-hmm. that I want to see now. But I really liked it. <clears throat> I was really impressed by it, and I'm not one to really like musicals. What was up with your mom's tree? Oh yeah, my mom's tree. Don't that that, that too. Yeah. Uh, so I got a text from my mother saying, "Hey, you might want to come over. Picture's coming." <clears throat> and she has a tree in her front yard, and it kind of goes up, and then it splits off into three. One of them, three trees or three branches. Three branches. Okay. Three big branches, and right. then goes off smaller. One of the big ones just rotted and fell off. It <sighs> fell over. Like so, I, it wasn't wind or it wasn't rain. wind. It was it just, just it wow. happened Saturday afternoon. Oh my! It just just gave up. yeah, and poof. Uh, luckily, it didn't land on the house and didn't land on the neighbor's car because it hit their driveway. Oh. So I went over there and helped her clean that up a little bit. Gonna need a chainsaw because it ended up being. You didn't need a chainsaw? You did. She does. Yeah, it's, I, I didn't get to help her finish oh. it because like, we didn't have anywhere we could haul it. an electric one if you guys need we might. I might need to. Um, and if you watch episode two, Tough Grit, I'll show you how to chop it up. <laughs> I was able to <laughs> chop off a lot of branches to help. Uh, <laughs> there's a name title. for it. Uh, oh, they, all have episodes, they all have names. But I don't but what's that called, though? There's a name for it that you wouldn't think. You, uh, shoot. No, that's not it. <laughs> I'll keep wanting to say nip and tuck, but that's not right. What the heck's that called? All right, well, whatever. Uh, I, was a, I was able to cut off a lot of branches with just a hacksaw. It was, it's a silver maple, something like that. I can't remember. Pretty tree. Silver elm. Felling and limbing. Sorry. <laughs> Felling is when you cut the tree down. Yeah. Limbing is when you cut the limbs off. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'd but be this limbing this. And the other one is... Go ahead, Sean. Here, keep. Uh, <laughs> Tucking and bucking. But, but the the part of the tree that came off the branch, I, bow, I guess, is what it would be, five and a half feet in circumference and about a foot and a half in diameter. Wow. So it's a big it is chunk a big of tree. chunk of tree. I'll cut that up, and I'll uh, take the wood and put it in my uh, yeah. fire pit. I'll, I'll let her know. Yeah. You'll need to let it dry out for a yeah. while, but... Uh, luckily, her friend Mark has a trailer where she can hopefully be able to haul a lot of stuff oh, that's away. Good. That's real good. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm glad that no one was hurt and no damage was done besides the tree. Yeah. Very lucky. And the only other thing we did was I uh, introduced Sarah to Beyond the Sea. Somewhere. A little bit of a musical. Oh, the, uh, the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Kevin, Kevin Spacey. Spacey movie. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies. Yeah, yeah. it's so good. <clears throat> so good. Have you seen it? I have not seen it yet. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Do you own it? You should. I don't. Let me know when you need to borrow it. I got the DVD. Well, Something else that happened this weekend. We got 200 likes on our Facebook Hey! And thank you all. Yes. Everyone that, that likes us. We like us. We, we like, like us. us. Sean, what did you do? For those of you that aren't liking us, 
we're on Facebook. <laughs> Go like us. I have it on good authority, my mother, that thousands of people are out there listening. So you should all like us on Facebook. <laughs> I've gone through and revamped our Google Plus page, too. So, And we have expanded our Google Plus presence. We have. Pretty significantly. Yes, it went we from have. zero to <laughs> something. <laughs> 14, I think we have. 14, 14. The problem is we have a lot of people following our account. We don't have a lot of people following our page, so... If you're following our, our, our account, Google+, Plus, be sure to follow our page as well. You can find that by going to our account page. So, And there's 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 content on How the page? How do you know which one to there follow? There is content on the page, yeah. I don't know. Just follow one of them. Follow both of them. Follow that way both. you never there miss you a go. thing. There you go. <laughs> are we going to have uh, Google Plus exclusives that are won't appear anywhere else? <laughs> well, there has been. I haven't seen the uh, videos of Sean doing the, oh, the, that's the right. feedback did, songs yeah. elsewhere. That's right. I have. Oh, well, see. you can see those on our YouTube page. Well, yeah. Those are on our YouTube page. On the YouTube page, page but, but not any other have social media. Have that's YouTube right. Page? <laughs> no, we have a YouTube page. <laughs> I haven't been getting enough content for it, so I'm going to rectify that. Just like the audio booze. I fell behind on the audio booze. You did fall behind on the audio booze. And there was a special audio boo that went up this week, just before this show. It's my fact. This is a full-time job, all the social media. It is a full-time job. (laughs) Really, isn't it? I mean, I'm only in charge of some of the Facebook stuff and some of the That's why I make you guys do all the other stuff, because I do all the technical stuff. Yeah, you do all the technical stuff, but... You take care of the Facebook page. Facebook page. Monday, I update the picture on Facebook, and I go and I do the thing, and Fridays, we've got the Friday Night Who thing, we do that, and I'm exhausted by the time we do that. I'm going to switch off on that. Friday Night Who. I I, I get the tweets set up so it goes out an hour, 30, 45. Yeah, you're the the, 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 the tweeter. The scheduler. The scheduler of the schedules. I'm exhausted by the time I get that done. (laughs) I don't have time to tap my social media by the time I get done with this. Probably the Vortex social media. Well, there's something you can post. Week? What's that? Hey, how come I couldn't post? Well, I'll talk to you after you talk about that. Okay. What you did this weekend. Oh, what I did this weekend. Um, well, we competed. You're kind of big news. Big, big, big news and big show. Um, really big show. I'm still, I'm still weird. It still doesn't feel real, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Uh, we did the short film last weekend for the Wild West Film Fest. And that I wasn't allowed to post on our website, and then suddenly Monday it's all over it Facebook. goes all over Facebook. <laughs> well, because we 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 were going to keep it quiet, <laughs> we were going to keep it quiet, and then Dave texted me and asked, "Can I post it?" And I'm like, "I don't know. What do you think?" And he went and checked, and then he says, "Well, there's nowhere in the rules that says we can't post it." So he says, "What do you think?" And I was like, "Well, I want to shout it from the rooftops because I think it's good, but I don't know if we should." And he says, "I think we're okay." And I said, "Okay, let's do it." So after that decision was made, then it appeared all over the place. Okay. But that didn't happen until Monday afternoon. So I know. I know you know. <laughs> I figured once you saw it, you would have... Notice I never fair. even put it on the page. I assumed you would have made it fair game at that point. <laughs> no, I was told not to do it. Well, on, I don't want to break night. the rules. <laughs> anyway, so uh, we, 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 we competed, and um, they actually had the, the judging... Uh, this, this week. This, this week on Saturday. And well... We, they judged them this week well, and yeah, tonight. The award ceremony was Saturday. Yeah, or not tonight, Saturday. <clears throat> and um, there were once again uh, some 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 very well made films. <clears throat> there was a whole slew of them that really didn't follow the criteria of movie trailer. Really, it, it was a short film huh. that they put a green trailer band in front of. And, oh, well, that's unfortunate. And then you know, 
That kind of missed the mark, didn't it? <laughs> just, just, just a little. And, and I, I laugh at myself internally every time they say, you know, no more than four minutes. And for some reason, teams read that and go, we have to make it four, four minutes. minutes. Yeah. It's like, no, no, you really you don't. don't. You can do it much shorter than that because you kind of lost us at 250. But, um, yeah, there were several of them that I thought were fantastic concepts. That just It was kind of like a Saturday Night Live skit. It just ran just a little too long yeah. and, and, and didn't go up. I'm so glad that we changed because our initial concept was going to be we were going to do kind of a James Bond-esque uh, action thing and just about every film that came down the pipe this year was... James Bond-esque yeah. action film. Well, they were, all, they were all action buddy cop kind uh, of yeah. stories. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we didn't go that route and went something with them completely different. But, uh, Your guys' concept was so good. Oh man, it was so good. Thank you. It's mostly Dave. I really can't take credit for that one this year. But... Um, yeah, we, 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 we wound up winning, which was, um, I, I'm grateful for and was surprised. Um, but more, almost more... The kicker. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have to set this up this way because people are going, you won, right? That's a good thing. It's like, yes, it's we a very good thing. Place. We're not, we're we got not, first we're, place. We got first yes. place in this festival, so we're, we're very, very humbled and excited and jazzed about that. But the coveted award... At least for our group, for our group is, um, they have a People's Choice Award, <laughs> and it's always what it, you know. It's not the judges; it's not the and that's voted on the night it's of the ceremony the of the by thing. the participants, yeah. by the people in the audience watching the films. And it's gone a couple different ways. Usually, anything with kids is kind of an automatic. Oh, you won! And the first film of the night was called Baby Robin Hood. And it had a two-year-old in a Robin Hood costume running around trying to climb over tree limbs and stuff in the forest and <laughs> holding his bow backwards and firing suction cup arrows at things. And we were just like, aww. Well, there went that one. I mean, it was just, you know, it, 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 it was really cute. Um, the other way that this tends to go is whoever brings the largest group of friends, yeah. you know, yeah. and you kind of stuff the ballot box. And... Um, which we've attempted to do as well. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that has never worked. It's never worked. It was always a bigger group. But so uh, when they they announced People's Choice and they called us, Dave and I kind of what? <laughs> I mean, we, we we literally did a double take and looked at each other and went, "What? <laughs> us?" And so we went down and accepted, and um, you know, just kind of gave them the meek little hand wave, and we were just just flummoxed. I mean, we had nothing. And came back up. And by the time I got back to my stairs, uh, to my up the stairs to my seat, he says, "Well, apparently the judges also thought that you guys had something, so you might as well come back down because you also won first place." Ah. And, so they did people's <laughs> choice right before they did. Yeah. Wow! They did three, two, and they've also introduced a new award this year, uh, uh, which they termed the. Well, actually, it was introduced last year at the horror festival, which we didn't attend. Uh, and Alex's, uh, or not Alex, uh, Derek's uh, justification was: he says every year there's the film that fits this. And I like to call it the WTF Award. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, every year we get one that's just like... <laughs> <laughs> and um, they, wow. The winners this year were definitely deserving of the WTF so Award. So that's the one we that got was, to shoot for next year? Yeah, next I, I told you. Well, that's, that's what I think we're going to do for the horror now festival. Now that you've picked up people's choice, we go for Dave it. still wants a silver. He doesn't have a ah, second place yet. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I think third to first is a pretty good. That was a pretty good jump going third, third place first. Place. And th- this is is this the second or the well, third first and place? We got we. This now honestly, this is now the third first place. Okay, that's what I thought. You got to tell a little bit about the the DVD that you picked up because oh. <laughs> I'm sure we <laughs> they, talked they, they about this DVDs. on the show. And they they put out a DVD um, of the um, 
of the festivities every year, and that was included in the prize ba- uh, bundle. Was we we won uh, the DVD, but they also have put together their top ten administrative choices. So it's not necessarily things that the judges uh, you know liked or, or this. It's just the guys that run the festival, the ones that they were like, you know, this really was a fun movie, um, and for whatever reason they liked it, and uh, that was also included in there. And we're on the the top ten. Um, uh, fan, what is this? Administrator, Administrator favorites. favorites. With so the there's one, only ten on which there? the one movie that we made that <laughs> broke fun at the festival and the administrators, <laughs> which we thought really. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> and this is this this that that film took no awards that year. It took no, no awards. It, it was very. It, it was the follow up to our, our first place win, our yeah. first first place win, right. where we kind of got some yeah. flag feedback from people. Not the administrators, but just we, we were hearing right, right. Uh, through the grapevine that people were upset and accused us of not doing it in 48 hours. And we got a little defensive because we actually had a, a KTWU public television film crew following us that weekend. And there was a documentary made about it. Is so, that, that's not the documentary included on this, right? No, that's a completely yeah, separate one. Okay. Um, huh. And so um, we, 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 got, uh, we got a little snarky. <laughs> we got a little full of ourselves. A little snarky. We were a little snarky. I think we thought we were doing it kind of tongue in cheek and, and being fun. And I don't think the judges looked at it that way. I think the judges looked at it that we were being downright mean. And we probably were. The more, as time passes, I the go further back away and, you get from the further it. away I get from it, I go back and look at that video and go, Ugh, that was horrible. What were we thinking? Because it's, it's so <laughs> mean spirited and it's so not us. But yet, that's the one that they included on the on the on the top ten. Not our first place victory. Video, not the second first place victory video, not the third place victory video that we did, not the horror film that we did that they loved that didn't win. This one, and yeah. so it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, crazy. <laughs> I, I, I don't get it, but they liked it, so yeah, all right. Um, but yeah, so we we came away with a, a, a double a double a double W. I th- I think it's a slight three for there because. Having picked up that video with that, <laughs> yeah. that, that movie on it, I it's almost believe. like yeah, it's like well, and wow, it's like the trifecta there. Also on that DVD is the uh, uh, they, they they put together their own filmmaker <laughs> journey about you know the forty eight hour festival format, and uh, uh, we I don't want to say we were snubbed, but we were not mentioned in the forty eight hour festival. But I think that was because they put that together last year at the horror fest, uh, which oh, we, we didn't go there. to. Yeah. We just and, and they they come. I mean, Derek caught me in the lobby. He's like. I'm so glad you guys are here. We missed you last year. Really? Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, we, we, we sorry. We just we tried. We just couldn't. Yeah. You know, it was a bad year, and we were hip deep, and we were hip deep in another in a, in a show. show at some point. <laughs> so we just couldn't do it. And he was like, yeah, we just we really missed you last year. And apparently, they they admitted later that um, they only had like 68 people tickets sold to oh. the horror festival last year. Well, it's because we weren't there. And he said they were calling. He said, that, he said literally, he says the night of, I'm calling up teams going, your video's about to debut. Where are you? And they're like, oh, well, we were planning on coming, but then Finding Nemo came on TV and we were calling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, but we, we got a lot of love from the people in Lawrence. So it, it felt really, really good. And uh, it was a good night. And I screwed up my acceptance speech. So I had to- oh, yeah, you got to tell that story. Well, we got up there because we're just we're still reeling from people's choice, and then they had us come back down, and everybody's yelling, you know, talking. David already warned me. He says, "If something happens, you've got to deliver it." Because I said, "I'm not, I'm not talking this year." So they kind of waved me over to the the, the podium, and people started yelling, "Do the voice! Do the voice!" <laughs> so I, uh, I I delivered a very lame. Uh, accepted speech in in the voice and uh, it didn't make any sense and I didn't thank anybody I just, 
like <laughs> so I had to fix that on Facebook today and throw it at by the way this is what I meant to say <laughs> I, pull, I pulled an Oscar but so yeah that was really cool it was a lot of fun and I'm, I'm cool. still I'm still on that weird jittery I can't believe it yeah you know yeah. and Jerry uh, Jerry went with us and she was like you know I knew it I just knew it I just knew as soon as we sat down well what did I tell you last weekend oh you yeah you said it was the best I said it was the winner yeah you hadn't seen any of them either. No, but I knew that was going to win. <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I saw the concept and how well it was put together and how well it was acted. The thing it was that, your best acting. Oh, thank you. Uh, the thing that I thought was really nice, we got wonderful feedback <clears throat> from the judges. The three judges, on a scale of 100, we scored a 92, a 95, and a perfect 100. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was... And the 92, the one... I don't want to say down thing, but they, I mean, just a whole half a page full of notes on it. And they said, well, you know, we know you guys are better capable of, the, of or you guys are capable of doing much more than this because it's kind of, uh, what was the word they used? Kind of derivative of Stranger Than Fiction. Mm. Which I didn't even think of. I didn't think of that either. Well after we were done shooting and everything. Because yeah. I, I haven't seen the movie. And I went, oh wait, this is kind of like that movie, isn't it? But, um, yeah. So, that, I mean, that, everything yeah, else was... Little Little, you know, not yeah. not that much. Yeah, I still think it's a different concept. It's, it's really. a different yeah, concept, but it's not. Yeah. yeah so. Anyway, so you know, and, and that I've, one I've has Will Ferrell, so it's not good. <laughs> it's <an> automatic. <laughs> and I've had multiple multiple people tell me that uh, they're upset that it's just a trailer. There's <laughs> <laughs> not an actual film. <laughs> well, that was, that was what I told you last week too. I was waiting to see the film now. <laughs> so that was a lot of fun. And once again, my hats off to everybody who competed this year because there were some. You know, you had your handful of ooh, really. But then you had some other ones that, you know, <laughs> despite a story problem or two, or you know the length that they ran on, they were extremely well shot. Yeah. With a lot of really, a lot of really talented people. So, mm-hmm. we'll see you again in August when we do the forty-eight hour film project. And you're partaking in that, right? That's in Kansas City. That's the Kansas City That's one. Kansas City one. Maybe. Well, I mean, you're not actually in Kansas City. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, Depends on what I'm doing that weekend. No, I might act. I haven't acted. You haven't acted. In I haven't a while. acted. I do. I've done little, little pieces, but I haven't acted. Mostly behind the scenes on yeah. everything. I'm mostly behind. You're the mostly scenes. behind the scenes. I'm trying to think. The last time I want to act. Acted. I haven't acted in a long time. Well, I you were in. Uh, can yeah, Max, if you can. Yeah. <laughs> was I? Yeah, you were in that one. Oh yeah, you were the itch. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that was, that was the other thing. I was telling him. I think we're. I off. was in the. Uh, um, was the the one that you guys did that was the. Reporter and the you, the one you oh were, yeah I was oh, in that. you were exclusive weren't yeah you? I was in that that was the most recent one I was involved in yeah <laughs> I didn't show I didn't step foot on set that entire film but I was in it who were you I was the photographer that died <laughs> oh that's <laughs> it was right. my picture oh yeah that's <laughs> my cheating. best that acting count. job it's <laughs> my best performance stock ever photo of you that doesn't count. <laughs> I was telling Keith, and Dave noticed this too. I think we're rubbing off on people because there were at least four films during this presentation that had scenes set on top of the roof of a parking garage. <laughs> <laughs> One of them was a superhero fight on the roof of a parking oh. garage, and we went, been there, done that. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we, we had a lot of fun, and my thanks go out to, once again, an amazing cast and crew and everybody who chipped in and helped out. and all the people from school who were bummed that they couldn't help out. And Give and take. Yeah, that was way early. I did that one, though. You did that one. I was trying to think of what I didn't think there was one. a... Yeah, that no, was you, a did, you, did, you did Corn Dogs, too. You were the... Oh, yeah. That was in that one. I producer in that one. Yeah. 
That was back when we had a real minimal people, though. Yeah, hardly anybody. Like, yeah, I had no choice. I, yeah. <laughs> I had to. Act. You're doing it. Okay. I had to fill fill part. But yeah. and and yeah, uh, the majority of these films are available on my website www.sunstormentertainment.com, and maybe we can include a link in the show notes for anybody who wants to show them. And I will try and get the rest of these um, pieces uploaded tonight, so that by the time you hear this, it'll be up and running. Very cool. Excellent. All right, well, let's move on to news. First up, the one first up. First oh, up, there are two. There oh, are two. I was going to wait. The only one, but no, there's this uh, just in. Philip Moore still has no episodes of Doctor Who to release. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but the Wand Company is teaming up with BBC Worldwide again, and this time making there a are. tenth Doctor Sonic Screwdriver remote control. The Who Company? The Wand Company. No, the the Wand Company. Oh, is that the ones that did the uh, Harry Potter? And the eleventh Doctor Sonic Screwdriver remote control, the one we oh, talked about last year. Let's just get. See, I was no. See, I remember we that. had that news story. <laughs> I remember that. I remember that news story. I couldn't figure out why everybody was losing their marbles on Facebook over the idea of this Sonic Screwdriver remote control because it's like it's been done. Yeah, I, I remember yeah. reporting I, on my it. First, now it's my, the my first inclination was the same thing. I was like. This has been I, done. I didn't honestly. They're losing pay their. It. They're losing their lunch. I mean, they're losing their marbles because it's ten now. See, that was just it. I didn't. I didn't really put two and two together that it was a different screwdriver. Yeah. Which it was know, just a Sonic to me. So. I, I don't know where the. I'm assuming BBC gave them the eleventh Doctor Sonic to scan. David Tennant actually gave him. They gave them his tenth Doctor's ta- Sonic to. Do well, probably because the BBC didn't enough. have one anymore yeah, because they gave it to David Tennant as a goodbye gift. So. Um, I'm sure they gave it to David Tennant as a goodbye they did. gift. They did. I got, I, at BBC, there's a story I behind that. If I am I've ever heard. on set as the Doctor, yeah, I'm stealing everything <laughs> I can get my hands on. <laughs> they, they're, they're not going to have from, the TARDIS key anymore. From what the I hear, just from, the what I hear gone. from what I hear, there are some things that people nicked from the set. But, oh, yeah. but the Sonic Screwdriver was actually presented to David as a... Goodbye gift. So, and he went, "Oh, thank you. I had four in my bag." <laughs> <laughs> uh, but to further commemorate the uh, 50th anniversary year, they're also launching a limited edition gold and silver plated version of Elevens. Cool. So they're doing two different ones. <laughs> There's only going to be 250 of Who those. Who wants a gold and silver plated remote control? Who wants a copper plated Mal Reynolds gun? Somebody. Makes that. I not, buy that. But there's no. They don't. They don't offer a real one. But well, that's just, no. But that's why I'm saying that is a, a a showcase. You put that on the shelf and you don't. I, touch I, it. I would rather have a real replica, not a copper one. Okay. You don't. Okay. I know. I. If it's either way, it's a showpiece that's going <laughs> to oh, sit yeah. there that you're not going to touch. So a nickel-plated remote control that you're going to handle all day, every day seems. Yeah, but at least with the Sonic screwdriver, you got the choice of having yeah, the true. real one or the. You don't have to get the silver twenty and gold. or two hundred and fifty. But again, why is there a choice? Why not just make it a, a remote and go? Ta-da. Well, they already did that. They did that. <laughs> they uh, apparently assumed two hundred and fifty people want a special edition. In silver and gold. Yeah. Silver and gold. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm down on the whole collectible thing right now Because I got word that, uh, uh, I don't remember the company They're doing a, a an NX-01 Enterprise 
it's like a 16-inch model with 10,000 little tiny fiber optics on the inside of it, and the frame is made out of steel. Ooh. And it's gorgeous, and it's really cool looking, and I want one, and it's four thousand dollars. Oh my gosh! Oh, geez. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> four thousand dollars. Four thousand dollars. That's what Mel said. She was kind of like, "Oh, how much is that? That's really cool. never mind. You're not getting that." <laughs> like, I didn't think so. Wow. She says, I'm, I, you're never buying a collectible that expensive. Wow. I said, honey, That's if cool. I had the money, I wouldn't even buy this collectible. The full-size Boba Fett, like, standee, like, the the, the sharper image yeah. had was $4,000. That was five, yeah. So, yeah, $5,000. And, oh. and I wouldn't buy that either. You know what I mean? Oh, it's a QMX. If I had the money for 14500 14, so almost fifteen grand. probably by the time you got shipping factored in there uh, or had it driven to you, it, it would be. There's a guy handcrafting full size. So it stands seven feet tall. Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Ooh, Planet. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's fully automated and mechanical. It's got a room guard. Well, it better be for $14,000. And so I paid you, that for a car. When you, when you pass in front of it, <laughs> it, it light, all the gizmos on the inside of the dome light up, the antenna twirl, the neon grill lights up and flashes. It talks, it does all of the dialogue from the film. And it swivels at the hip and has arm motions. It doesn't walk, but it does everything else. And I would totally buy that and prop it up in a corner. <laughs> but only if I had 15000 Yeah. So. Just laying around. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. Knowing me, if it was a choice between that or a car, I'd probably still get the robot. Yeah. <laughs> Unless I needed the car and then it was like, I can ride my bike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's so, uh, boo, I say, to the nickel player remote control. <laughs> What's next on the new how much, how much is that bad boy? Does, does that have a price? Oh, uh, yes. The that. limited edition of 250 Um, Hold on. Let me pull it back up. Oh, that was the other thing. The Enterprise, they were only doing 100 of them. Ah. But still, I, yeah, I'm not spending $4,000. Uh, for the 10th Doctor Sonic, it will be $109.95 here in the U.S. That's the standard remote control price? That's the That's the 10th Doctor one. Okay. Uh, the special edition is going to be one hundred and ninety nine ninety five. See, I that that to me I can't justify as a collectible. It's a two hundred dollar remote control. Yeah. I can't. <laughs> I, I no. It's the wrong flavor. I'm set. I'm done now. I've talked myself out of that purchase because it's ridiculous. Okay, well, other news. Sorry, Keith. I don't mean to rain on your 11th Doctor Parade, but I would not be I would. I would get the authentic one, not the silver and gold plated either. So I hear some new announcements in Chicago. (laughs) Uh, They've added more guests. Uh, I don't know if one of them a nickel plated uh, remote control. Yes. Uh, I don't know if we reported on this before. I don't think we did. Uh, that Tony Lee will be returning to Chicago TARDIS. Hey, good luck trying to catch him. <laughs> <laughs> he's never at his booth. Uh, we chased him all over. He's, he's apparently <laughs> doing every panel ever at the same time. He has a time turner on his neck that he can go back to, but he's never at his booth. If he had a time turner, we'd have had a chance to catch up with him. Oh, we needed There'd one. There'd have been a version of it. Yeah, we needed one. Uh, but they also added Richard Hope, uh, the male Silurian. Oh, yes, the doctor. Well, yeah, he's played every <laughs> No, else. he's not the doctor. 
<laughs> I'm going to come across this table and I'm going to beat you with a chrome remote control. When was he a doctor? Oh, he was the Silurian, uh, he was the Silurian doctor, doctor. But not in... Malo- Malachi? Okay. He was a Silurian doctor. Oh, he wasn't Hungry the... Of cold the, blood. He was the scientist doctor. That was the, the scientist. Cold blood? I don't remember. Oh, oh, yeah. In, in the underground, the one who was fighting against the military. I do remember. Him. And he yes. was also the one of the recording in Dinosaurs on a Space. Right. He was also with Churchill in. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. Him. He was supposed to be at Galibray, but had yes. to pull out, right? Oh. Uh, also, I think, or was he there? I don't remember seeing him if he was. I don't think he was there. I hope he wasn't there. But <laughs> now I feel stupid if he was. Maybe he was there. I think he was there. <laughs> oh, it was. Uh, Jenny yeah. didn't. Jenny didn't, didn't make come. it. That's yeah. right. Yeah, he was. He was there. I remember hearing he the panel there. with him. He was yeah. there. I do remember that. Yeah, he was there. Jenny was. <clears> I wasn't there, so I have an excuse. <laughs> he forgets things. It was a whirlwind of three days. Trust me. You know another reason not to buy that remote control? How many times do you find your remote like under the couch? <laughs> Rarely, actually. Really? Yeah, I mine, always. I can. I pretty much always find where my mine remote wind is. up all. My Apple TV remote is the one that ends in the, in the couch all the yeah, time. Yeah, it's you know down why? in the couch. It's this big. <laughs> it's this tall. And it's this wide, <laughs> and it's silver. It's horrible. It's this color. It's in fact, it it's works. On Apple there. silver. Yeah, it is. I would get, I would dig mine out of the couch, and it would have scratches all over it. And, so, yeah, it's just <laughs> not, anybody it's else. A bad yes. Uh, Who else was at Chicago? Tourist? Nina Toussaint White, Mel's. Oh, Mel's. Yeah. And Who was it, Gallon? <laughs> get ready year. for not two minutes year. till Belgium. Not, not this last yeah. time. No, she wasn't. Yeah. What? Yes. How did I miss all these people? <laughs> you were chasing Tony Lee. <laughs> <laughs> you were chasing. You were Tony with me, Lee. <laughs> chasing Tony Lee. And then, as Chicago Tardis calls it, two minutes to Belgium. Peter Davison's going to be there. Really? Yes. They have two doctors. What? At Chicago Tardis. And Peter Davison and Colin, Colin Baker. Baker. Wow. This on top of Fraser Hines, Louis Jameson, and Nicole, Nicole Bryant. And Nathan All right, I, I think I'm going to Chicago, guys. That's that's too good to pass up. Two doctors? Two for one, yeah. I'm going to have to make that work. Wow. Hmm. Thanksgiving weekend, right? November 29th to December 1st. Wow, I may have to make that work. That's ooh, that is too good to pass up, Doctor Phil. We're coming to stay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I may need a couch to sleep on because, oh wow, it's gonna be a quick turnaround trip too, though. Uh, yeah. Wow, that's big news. That's I didn't know big, that. Big oh. yeah. I'm, I'm really seriously considering going now. Wow, mm-hmm. we'll have to start putting some money back. Okay. Much time well, that's terrific. There. Yeah, no, there's not a lot of time, so because that means you. We you can get eight, seven, six, and five. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, you eight, six, seven, five. Oh, you've got an eight. I brought you an eight. I have an eight. Yeah. yeah I didn't get a meat. I didn't get meat eight. Yeah. No, I'm the only cool one in the room who's got to meet. Wow, them. that's that's. Mm. Save the best Big for last. News. Gosh darn, that's two doctors. Wow. Hmm. That's big. I, I'm glad they are able to do that in the 50th <laughs> yeah. year. That's great. Maybe they'll get Stephen or Sylvester too. And oh, that, between now and then, that'd be awesome. And maybe Paul. <laughs> oh man, I think man. they would have to up their ticket price of that. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. That's it for news. All right. Well, unless other news I missed. Next up is, is there uh, any other more news? Not that I know of. Should we talk some more about this remote control? <laughs> <laughs> 
nice if we had feedback, then we could read it out to you. And wouldn't it be nice to get some comments about an awesome show like Doctor Who? You know it's gonna make it that much better when we can read all your emails and letters. Wouldn't it be nice if we could wake up and hear they found those missing episodes? And wouldn't it be fun the day watching? We'd keep going the whole night through. Happy times together we've been spending. I wish that every show was never ending. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? You can put that away now, I'm done. <laughs> I got mine out too late. <laughs> Here, I'll pose for you. Vine, well, I was going to vine you, but it's too oh, late no, now. I'm not going to repeat it, sorry. So if you decide you prefer vine over... I still haven't decided. Oh, yeah. Although, I think I could down- do a Vine and then upload it to Instagram. Because it saves the video on my phone, too. Yeah, I noticed that. Which you can't do that to Vine. You can't yeah. do the reverse. So. All right. Nice song. <laughs> and we all pause. <laughs> Ten seconds of silence. First up. That was good, Sean. That was very good. Is from Beach Boys is kind of a hard pitch. I didn't. Think it is that. a hard pitch. <laughs> Apparently, I've you been almost down got here it. for too long. Because <laughs> I couldn't get back up. You almost got there. I almost got there. First back up in the day, I used to be able to get there. Africa. Africa. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He laughed at me. He said, "No, you can." Yes, I can. Sean sings a mean high part on Africa. I believe <clears throat> by Toto. I used to. <laughs> He also doesn't do a bad uh, darkness. <laughs> I believe in a thick It's on my playlist at work, and I find every time it comes on, I'm in the back of the store going, ah! <laughs> <we're looking> <laughs> uh, uh, first up in feedback is Odd Duck Phil. He writes, comment, question, question, comma, 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 chameleon. You come and go. Hey, who peekins? I guess I should start with the Superman and work my way back to Doctor Who. Call it closure. One, Man of Steel. Just going to hit them in no particular order. Feora Feora is the original character name, though she was later called Ursa. She was also Mala in the Superman cartoon. When she started that for each person, Superman saved... Stated. Oh, what... Oh, when she stated that for each person Superman saved, they'd kill a million more. I fully understood why he gunned exclusively for Kryptonians, and we saw no attempts to lead them away. If he tried to draw them off, they'd just kill everyone and then go after him. And and while I agree that the movie was indeed darker than Donner's films, Superman himself was not. At his core, I see the same character. Not really sure if I tasted anything different, mind you. I'm no culinary expert. And he's <laughs> mocking our term of flavor. He's mocking our term of flavor. It was the wrong flavor of film. Was it Napoleon? <laughs> Neapolitan? <laughs> Might have been... Uh, oh, what's the one in Shaun of the Dead? Uh, Cornetto. <laughs> Might have been Cornetto flavored. 
and given the more modern and cynical take on his surroundings, I find it makes him all the more noble. It's easy to be that good in a four-color comic world. It's much harder in a grittier, realer setting. And hey, it's not like he robs Zod of his powers, leaving him largely harmless, crushed his hand, and threw him into a bottomless icy chasm, right? I mean, that would be too dark for Superman, if you ask me. (laughs) I know you guys said that you liked the movie, and I'm getting a real Town Called Mercy vibe from the scenario. (laughs) 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 Oh, let's not go there. (laughs) But as a whole, when someone doesn't like something I like, or in this case, not as much, I feel like I need to do or say something in the hopes that they miss some elusive uh, elements that will help them enjoy it as I did. And when I don't like something uh, that others do, I question and state what I don't like in hopes that they can refute me and I can see what I was missing. I see that in a lot of re- see that a lot in reviews you guys do. You want to like the stuff you're not fond of and would love to be proven wrong. And at this point, I think I'm rambling, so moving on. Well, Phil, now I hate it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> he brings up a great point about uh, In the Superman 2. <laughs> Once again, The End of Superman oh, 2. No. <laughs> it's unclear what happens to them. Yes, they I'm, fall into the ice. We don't know what's lost, below that mist factor. I'm, assu- Maybe I'm assuming storage. freezing water. We don't know. It's the Fortress of Solitude. It could be a hyper. It could be a, a sleep say, chamber. The, it could be the Phantom Zone. It the, could be who the okay. memory. But, okay, but, here's the thing. But, the memory. But, the memory cheats. But I recall having watched this recently. I recall when I was a kid reading some sort of material, whether it was I don't know. I'm certain it wasn't a novelization, but I think it was a storybook adaptation. That that's where they went was back to the Phantom Zone. That that Superman had basically created, or or the Fortress had created a Phantom Zone. Within the Fortress of Solitude, and that's where they go. Yeah, basically. Anyway, go ahead. I remember the Fortress of Solitude then being destroyed. Am I wrong? Uh, Am I thinking of the Donner Cut? Just the crystal in the the Donner Cut. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Oh, right. That's never mind. Because there was no more Fortress of Solitude after after Donner Cut. They they blew it up. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so if they were down there, they would definitely be dead. In the the proper film that released, uh, it was uh, just that crystal. Uh, control panel. Oh, okay, that's right. That's what I was being confused by. Uh, he continues with <laughs> the next Doctor. What I'm really rooting for: someone who blows Moffat's mind and make him completely rethink whatever he's got cooked up thus far for Series Eight. Don't care if they're young, old, man, woman, talking dog, as long as they flood that mind with new ideas and possibilities. That being said, what are you guys wanting from the next run? Seen as the doc as a new doctor more often means a new direction. Old adversaries we haven't seen in New Who, something altogether new, themes needing exploring. I'm curious if they can take a step back and do an overarching plot that isn't so fate of time and space. But I don't think that's possible anymore. I love Moffat's stories, but his series enders are every bit the grand scale epics that RTD is famous for. Really, Ah Duckville. This feedback brought to you by the robust, smoky flavor of Superman. When your comic television show or movie needs a, some, needs a, l- a little extra something to make it truly super, reach for Superman. Or try the dark, rich flavor of Batman. Should you need something more, a bit more broody, caution. 
We're recalling the Adam West issue of the Batman flavor for complaints of cheesy aftertaste. <laughs> That's very clever. Very clever. Thanks, Phil. Um, what do you guys think? My my thing is, I think I liked the movie. I, I don't know why we're still on it. So, <laughs> what do you want for series eight? Um, All the above. I yeah, because I enjoy seeing old adversaries brought back that we haven't seen before. As long um, as it's done well. Yeah. Um, I th- agree that I think the fate of time and space story arcs are. That's just. I don't think there's any possible way of doing it any different, and and, yeah. and uh, you, you, you can't anymore. You, especially since we've set it forth on that path anyway. So I. I I don't know. I don't know what I want to see. I want to. I want to see some good storytelling, and I want to see some good stories. And well, that's my biggest wish for Doctor Who. Well, the name of the Doctor did have the time and space angle to it. It felt much more personal of a of a crisis. Like which one? Name of the Doctor. The conclusion. Oh. Name of the Doctor. The the risk felt much more personal than we've had before. And I wouldn't mind seeing something more like that, where they're more attacking the Doctor or his companion in order to hurt the Doctor, as opposed to all of time and space. There was an all of time and space element to Name of the Doctor, yes, I recognize that, mm-hmm. but it just felt more personal. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> I'd like to see old adversaries come back, too. So, Up next is Holly. Unless you had more, Sean. I didn't have more. I feel, like I said, I think... Yes, more. 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 <laughs> all the more, more who? Just bring it back, for Pete's sake. Yeah. Holly writes, The Ark-ish. Aha, uh-huh, I see what you did there, Holly. Get it? Ark- yes. ark Hey, guys. Great last podcast. Feedback song was fantastic. Thank you, Holly. The Ark. This was an interesting story. Dodo racing out of the TARDIS and Stephen getting on her for not being careful and all the numerous types of dangers that could have happened. Isn't that like the number one unspoken rule for the companions? Don't wander slash race out of the TARDIS. The monoids are rather interesting creatures. The humans that are working with the monoids have an interesting system of justice. Miniaturization seems like a very harsh punishment indeed. The cliffhanger ending for the second part of the story was cool. The TARDIS takes them 700 years into the future so they know what's happened. Rather interesting that the statue is that of a monoid instead of a human. How fast things change since the Doctor, Dodo, and Stephen left. And that the story of them and what they did lived on. Refuses 2 is a rather interesting-looking planet, and very surprising that its inhabitants are invisible because of a solar flare. I like the ending, where the inhabitants of Refuses 2 said that they'd let both the monoids and the humans stay there, as long as they worked together and didn't put any of their species in slavery. Ish. This was an interesting audio. Being a bibliophile and hearing this makes you stop and think about the meaning and even the cost of some words. Warren was quite an interesting character. The Doctor and Perry are on form with their bickering about the English language. (laughs) For as much gruff as the Sixth Doctor gets for being a meanie, he certainly isn't in this one, and the audios really do flesh out his character. The interactions between Book, the Doctor, and Perry were great. Although a few points, the ish jokes graded. Looking forward to hearing what you and the others thought about these two stories. Holly from Wisconsin. We will share those very soon. Thank you very much, Holly. And finally, we have Chrissy. Chrissy writes... Her subject line is, I can't think of a subject line. Someone else can put something here. <laughs> I think that was well enough. Dear okay, Vortex Boys. Think of an yeah. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> Dear Vortex Boys, 
Sorry for the novel last week. I'll try to keep this week shorter. <laughs> Short-er. <laughs> I enjoyed the side trip you had from Comic-Con, although it's interesting to hear people talk about Clara theories after the finale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, way to go on the time. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> I had to keep reminding myself that this had been recorded toward the beginning of Series 7B, but it was fun to listen, and I liked it a lot. The Ark. I find here that I have to resi- revise one of the entries I made back when you guys did your Doctor Who 30-day photo challenge. I had listed Dodo as my least favorite companion on day six or whatever it was. I, could, I would now like to formally take that back because she is just too wonderful. To be fair, the only reason I had picked her for that was because she was the companion I knew the least about. In the future, no more least favorite anythings in the photo <laughs> challenges. Okay? <laughs> I think Sean said it best during Friday Night Who when he said he wanted to he wanted to set Dodo loose in a room full of Daleks, you know, for science. <laughs> She's cheeky and smart and doesn't take crap from anyone and basically does what she wants to do. Here's hoping that someday we'll find more of her stories. Her character comes across really well in the surviving audios, so here's another plug for people to listen to those. Either buy them or get them from your library if you can. As far as the arc as a whole, while the entire serial consists of two separate storylines, three if you count the Doctor, Stephen, and Dodo discovering the spaceship in the first episode as its own plotline, it's all very well contained and makes up a complete narrative. The best I can describe it is as a blend of the Keys of Marinus and the Nerva arc in Tom Baker's first season. Episode 1 stands alone, mostly. Episode 2 stands almost completely alone. The saga of Dodo's Cold infecting the Guardians is totally contained in one episode. Episode 3 and 4 are the only ones that really rely on each other the way that serialized Doctor Who usually does, but even that stands apart from the first two parts of this story. You even have a completely new cast of characters in the second half, apart from the Doctor and his companions. Yes, you do have... The traditional cliffhangers, but in this case, they serve more as teasers for the next episode and not really part of the main story of the current episode, if that makes sense. I think if we get this, I think it was a great new way to experiment with storytelling in Doctor Who and it paid off spectacularly, particularly since there has been so many changes at the beginning of the third season. I haven't done much looking into it, so I could be completely wrong, but just glancing at the credits, I think at this point, William Hartnell was the only one still on the show that had been there from the beginning, counting cast and crew and production team. Anyway, the arc, thumbs up. Ish. I majored in English in college, so I'm already going to love it when Doctor Who does anything with literature or words, hence my complete and total adoration of the mind robber. The whole idea of an omniverbum Omniverbum, yeah, I said it right. <laughs> is really subjective and intangible, which is something Doctor Who doesn't do, doesn't often do. But I think it works in this story, <clears throat> especially since it's the sixth Doctor and he's really into those lofty, highbrow kind of ideas. And the scene where the Doctor and Perry ban- banter back and forth with British and American words for things was a lot of fun. I enjoy it. When the stories make use of Perry's Americanness and make the and make that part of the plot, it's a nice touch. Overall, a solid entry in the big finished body of work and really and a really good Doctor Who story. Chrissy, 
P.S. Congratulations to Sean and company for the win at the Wild West Film Festival. Now the question is, uh, do we get to see your masterpiece somewhere online? <laughs> and indeed you do. Yes. And Sean will get that posted uh, very, very soon. Because <laughs> I'm boycotting posting it. <laughs> <laughs> it's now all on Sean. Link in the show notes. That's all you have to do. Link in the show notes. Thanks, Chrissy. Thank you, Chrissy. Well, let's move on to our reviews. Which one do we want to start with? Numerically? Any opinions? Mm-hmm. Where do you want to start with? Oh, I don't care. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the arc. Okay. I don't want to start with the arc. Well, too bad. <laughs> well, you're, you're outvoted. <laughs> In the final days of Earth, the TARDIS lands on a massive spaceship carrying the last members of the human race to a new home beyond the solar system. The humans are not out of danger, however, as a deadly plague emerges from the most unlikely of sources. The common cold carried by the doctor's companion, Dodo. Put on trial for their lives, the TARDIS crew must find a way to repair the damage they have unwittingly caused and face up to the devastating consequences. You're not going to do it with me? Mm-mm. Go ahead. I, not that I don't done 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 it, but... Keith, you going to do it with me? Dun, dun, dun! I was kind of curious to know where you fall on it. I'm about the same, actually. I didn't hate it. I just... I oh, you're going to be the lone dissenting <laughs> voice of reason in the room. No, I, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. Good, because if you were the voice of reason, we couldn't make fun of you. <laughs> Start us off, Keith. What do you think? Oh, I really... Despite being distracted through most of the first episode... <laughs> <laughs> you did have Katrina. But I, I, I was <laughs> playing with Katrina during it. <laughs> um... But a lot of what Chrissy and Holly pointed out is what makes this so good. Uh, the the originalness for the time, I think. The, the jumping forward in time. The How many times on Doctor Who have we shown up on a space station or a spaceship and it's already been decimated to see what, caused, what could have caused it yeah. if they didn't avert it? That was just cool. And just the idea of this entire spaceship full of two different species going down because of the comet cold when today that's well it's not curable it's definitely treatable so it just the ideas in this story are so cool and dodo shines throughout the entire thing i think she constantly stands up to the doctor uh like when she he's trying to belittle her about crying, I'm not crying, my nose is running. <laughs> and then she's crying and not, I'm not my nose isn't running, I'm actually crying. And she has some great banter with Steven. Um Steven has some great stuff to do in this, the doctor has great stuff to do in this. It's so well paced. And then we get to the second half two stories, because you get, the first two episodes you're like, Okay, it's kinda slow at first. And then they get the plague, and it's cured, and you're like, "What? They're leaving? What's good? That, that's it? That's." And then it really they go, feels like it's over, yeah. And then it goes forward in time and continues, and it's so great that they didn't try to stretch the plague for four stories, mm-hmm. which is what other stories have done before. Yeah. <laughs> and so then they jump forward to that time, and how everything is so much different. It's this is high marks for the first Doctor for me. And one I will own 
and one I would be like, oh, you want to see some First Doctor? Okay, let's pop this one. This in. is one of the ones you would recommend. This is one at one of ones. For me, I, I, I echo pretty much everything you said. I think this is a, a great story. I think it's a lot of fun. I think it's very well paced. I think it's insanely interesting that we take that jump in the middle because it does feel like two separate stories. It feels like the first two and then the, and, and, and the second half. Um, and they managed to do some really interesting social commentary in this one with the monoids rising up and kind of taking over. And we watched a little bit of the documentary um, about uh, how much influence maybe this had from H.G. Wells. Which I think a lot of us kind of went. Mm, okay, I think it was stretching it a bit. Some, but, but yeah, I don't think I buy all. I those. can see some of the elements. I, I can I can see some of it, but not not as much as they tried to put into that documentary. Um, but I I do remember thinking, interestingly enough, when we got back and went to the arc the second time, seven hundred years of the future, there was something about monoids that just. You know what? It, it just it just rubbed on me, and I thought to myself, "This is like the Morlocks and the Eloi and the Time Machines." This is really what this feels like. You know so what? Maybe there's more there than than I'm willing to. Well, no, I but. think that is that that, and I even as as minute as it was, they I think the the, the cold element was borrowed essentially mm-hmm. from the uh, War of the Worlds, but. Yeah, oh, I mean, they, they, they were really trying to shoehorn a lot, like the Invisible Man. and all. I mean, they were trying to shoehorn a lot of stuff in there that I didn't feel was... I, I just felt they were doing it for the sake of being that documentary. But, no, I I, I, I saw the Wellsian themes there as well and thought that they were, they were, they were imagined really well. And you had tweeted out that never has there been such a great cliffhanger as the one where we see the... <coughs> The statue as Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I think somebody read the novel. I could totally see how the the, the role reversal could have been inspired by the novel, which came out in '63. Yeah, it very easily could be right. It just it, it, you know that is such a shocking boom when they they step out and they look and there's the statue and it's complete. Which first of all is you know. Yes, we're dealing with a show about time travel, but just the the instantaneous of actually getting to see that is. Yeah, we go to different places, but never two different. Never two different times at the same place. Yeah, very rarely. At least not that I've seen in First Doctor. Especially not for First Doctor story. It was it. It felt to me a little predictable when we walk up, and especially when Dodo says, "Oh, the statue's completed." I thought, okay, well, here's what's going to happen. They're going to pan up, and they're going to realize it's a model. Really? No. I, 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 just, I, I, I didn't I, expect I, it. I completely saw that. I, fig- I, fig- I figured. As soon as we got there, and there was nobody around, and it was like, you know, I and they, they said, oh, the statue's been completed. And I thought, okay, well, clearly something has happened. And the only thing that makes sense when we're going to pan up this statue is the fact that it's going to be a monoid instead of a human now. So, okay. Well, if it wasn't wow, predictable, you know, that's good. But, um... So yeah, that that to me was 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 really, like, and I like how you know, we we talked a little bit about this. Just the idea that you know Dodo's really having a hard time. I mean, she knows it's a time machine, but she's having a really hard time with the concept of the people I was just talking to are dead. Well, know, she even kind of gra- uh, has trouble with the idea that it travels through space. Yeah, because the whole first episode, she's like, "We're still on Earth." It's, yeah. 
but I, well, I, they I, had just picked her up two stories ago. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> and I, I could see where that would that would be very daunting. I mean, like like you said, you know, if you land and everything's already in ruin, Dalek Invasion Earth, for example, we land and it's like, oh, hey, look, it's London. It's not quite right. What's the deal? And then you see Daleks running around everywhere, and you're like, whoa, this is not cool. So you you you, you adjust to that situation. This is we were just here. <laughs> we, yeah. were, we were just here, and now it's you know. I, I, a lot of stuff going on there. I really, really liked that. Um, I did not get... Oh. Go ahead. According to uh, the TARDIS wiki, uh, Massacre of St. Bar- Bartholomew's Eve was her first. I thought she was in... She she was picked up at the end of uh, uh, Dalek Master Plan, I thought. I'll double check. I think it was Continue, her first John. full story, but... The, I didn't quite get the whole... I don't know, I haven't seen it, but I thought I had read that she's been on board since Dalek's Master Plan. The reason for the Monoid Uprising, because you kept us in slavery and now we're striking back. Really? Because it seemed very communal. It seemed very friendly. It did seem it communal. Seemed very, everybody was kind of on the same page. Makes there, you kind of wonder what happened in that 700 yeah, years. <laughs> because it certainly does. The, yeah. they're, 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 the only thing that set my teeth jangling a bit was the comments made once the plague struck in episode 2 when the Guardians would make some sort of comment about, oh now it's an even greater tragedy because it has struck down one of us oh yeah, that comment bothered me nothing about the relationship nothing about the, the, the communication the interactions between the two it seemed very natural and when he explained well we picked them up and you know we swore to take care of them too it's kind of like Oh yay, yay for humanity of the future. We're being good. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so then, all of a sudden, to find that the monoids were, um, you know, uh, apparently horribly mistreated or something, and they resented it, and then, then they took over. Oh, Keith, you're right. It's, she was only it was in the the fourth episode of the massacre. Yeah. So so that 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 makes a lot more sense of why she's sure. reacting the way she is. But um, I was a little disappointed that the monoids came across as the Okay, now we're down to the stereotypical aliens. Yes, yeah. we're going to slave all of humanity, and then we're going to blow you up, and then we're going to ha ha ha. And, you know, <laughs> they'd be twirling. Well, not mustaches, but maybe their hair pieces, because their um, mop tops. Their mop tops. I give them props you know, for trying to do I, something different. I, for the I agree. I, 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 I like these these. I like these monsters because, I mean, I've seen the sensorites and the costumes aren't great there. We've seen the. Um, uh, with the web planet and the the monsters just I mean they, it's Doctor Who and it's low production values and they, and you give them A for effort but you know you, you follow on that and I mean the Daleks are f- phenomenal I mean those are, those are those are incredible but I, I really I, even though they they put off kind of this H and R puff and stuff or or um, um, uh, Land of the Lost vibe you know any mm-hmm. of those those Sid and Marty Croft so they, they sort of put off that vibe, but I don't know. I liked it. I thought it was very cool. I thought I, it was. I, I thought it was a, after the first couple of episodes. Like once we got, especially to the future, I totally bought into yeah. that. Was their eye? I did not I, no longer see it as the jaw. Yeah, I, I like yeah, the no, mechanism of of putting the eye down here lower so that you kind of have that kind of alien face, but also having the ability to. They were probably controlling that eye with their tongues. Yeah. So you didn't need any sort you know, with their mouths. So you didn't need any sort of mechanics within the suit or anything like that. So. Um, 
And I like the, so subtle, I the subtle changes, were, too. The monoids were realized pretty good, as for, for well, my opinion. And between the past so and the I, future. I, I, I think Because they, 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 you could tell they looked different. I don't know if it's... Because they, they got bigger, almost. They filled out. See, you guys you guys said that, but I noticed there was a lot of them that had was that punch. I didn't notice that. I didn't say anything, but there were, I know a lot of them had a little, a little punch there before. Maybe it was just the band... I think that's what prominent. happened. You guys noticed it because suddenly they had the bands on. So because I, I thought the same thing. Because I really what what keyed me off on the fact that they were bulbous there in the front was I th- at first thought maybe they were using one hand and they had it tucked up in the suit in order to oh. control the eyes. So oh. they had it tucked up the front because I kept seeing that. I thought, what would be the point of having that bulbous there unless they were doing this? But then there were some of them that were moving their eyes and had both of their arms working as well. So then I kind of threw that theory out. So that's that's why I noticed that they were kind of pompous there in the front. Or not pompous, uh, bulbous, bulbous there in the front. So early yeah. on, but... No, the only thing I didn't like about the monoids was the haircuts. I, I, <laughs> I was fine. I, I also just consider the haircuts part of the time. I mean, you, well, need, you it, needed something. I don't think they did the mop top on purpose. No, I mean, so I think it, it was. It was just something that they could do to cover. I think the, it was a way to face. I think it was a way to cover the rest of the head and still be able to the actor still be able to see through. It's, the, it, just, the hair. It, it seems a weird. As uh, uh, as Blake pointed out, he says that, you know on the evolutionary scale the monoids pretty much lost out altogether because when they go to eat they've got the voice boxes that they wear around their chest and the one takes a, a fruit or something and moves the voice box aside and kind of you're, you're, we're assuming he puts it into this hole uh-huh, in his chest uh-huh. so his mouth is down here his eyes up here so he's got no depth perception and then he's got horrible hair. And a lot of them couldn't see past the haircut because it would actually hang down over the eyes, which is an added, you know, real. On, 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 if you're looking at these things genetically and evolutionary, they just don't make sense. It's like, what planet did you evolve on that, that would have required this setup? Because it's just weird. I don't have a problem with it. I agree with you. I think, you know, hey, it's better than an anthropomorphized bug. Bring it on. I'm happy. <laughs> I just thought the haircuts were a little ridiculous. Um, I think it's interesting that we. Going back to the dual story here, I think it's interesting that we did Inferno last week and this oh. one this week, and they really kind of they kind of complement each they, other. They do. Bit. They have a they have a similar uh, scene in which they're now. Granted, I like the fact that this one has completely different actors for yeah. the first two stories as they do the second because it's so many years in the future as opposed to having a parallel timeline. But it's it's just so interesting that we've we've had two stories in a row that had two you know. Uh, different storylines going on uh, in the episode, so I I thought that was rather cool. Um, I also liked how the refusions were realized. The reason, eh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bit. That's a, it seems weird too. That solar t- flare makes them invisible. We, we, we left Earth because <laughs> solar flares were coming to destroy the planet. What happened to you? We were turned invisible by solar flares. Oh, you mean we could have stayed on Earth we and just became a That would have been awesome. I, I, I had the line from uh, Princess Bride in my head. I don't think that means what you think it means. I don't think solar flares do what you think they do. <laughs> <laughs> they will. They could destroy the Earth if they got big enough. They will not turn you invisible. <laughs> they will also not mutate head. and create 2012. <laughs> I want my molecules back. <laughs> um, I thought the destruction of Earth, the, the visuals that we get on the spaceship were 
really well done. But this, oh, yeah. For me, I'm a big fan of the Buck Rogers Flash Gordon serial special effects. I enjoy that stuff. And this one, yes, the pod bay doors opened and the little capsules went out. You could see the strings and they flew through the space backdrop yeah, fine. to the planet. Yeah. I enjoy that. Yeah. I think that stuff is so cool when I see it. Just yeah. because the, the, the inventive nature, how do, we, how do we convey this? How do we get this scene done? Well, we're going to do it. And you just find a way to practically do these effects before computers and everything. I admire this stuff so much. I just, I love all of that. I, I, Chris, I have this love of 50s and 60s B science fiction movies. Absolutely love them. And so I think, I think and in fact, I think my love of them came from my love of Dr. Who. <laughs> um, because it definitely they, makes it they, easier. I can see them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, they remind me of them so much. So uh, when I see that, that's my first thought is, oh, hey, that's... Yeah. <laughs> But just the, the image on the on the view screen of the the big giant ball and it was on fire, trailing smoke as it went by. Like that's cool. Yeah, that is. I'd like to. You know who should make this? Michael Bay should make this episode because he'd do it. That'd be really cool to see that. <laughs> then it would explode for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say there would there would have been more explosions. For then the statue were blown up. <laughs> Oh, it had a bomb in it. it was potential <laughs> before the bomb. Actually, well, no, the statue as it was toppling out of the side of the ship would have blown up. Yeah, too. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess it did blow up eventually. It did. Um, anybody get? Uh, maybe it was just me. I, the um, size of the chair. Now, admittedly, the the, the refusion. Is that what he said? Refusion. 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 The invisible people. He commented that they had kind of the set... The inhabitants of refuses, too? Yes, those guys. He he commented to the doctor that they would kind of set that area up as... They, they they made it sound like they built that entire building just for the humans, because yeah. they knew they were coming. Yes, they, pre- yes. they prepared all of this for Because they, they had no need for that. Yeah. and But yet, he, he sits down in a chair. So I'm assuming that he's... Humanoid? Fairly normal humanoid size and proportion. But then he goes and picks up the statue... <laughs> And it like goes, yeah. Up. <laughs> I don't. I. I. am trying to. I, Maybe I, he can change his size. As I'm well. trying to imagine how this guy picked this thing up. If he just walked with it over his head like this, <laughs> what was the reason for it to? Yeah, I don't know. To go so high. Huh? Yeah, but I don't know. A minor nickel. I, it's, <laughs> I liked the story. I really uh, liked it. According, yeah. according to the TARDIS Wikia, in their new forms, refusions are super strong and can move more heavy objects that they were, as if they were practically nothing. Well, I got that impression from the shit. <laughs> so we really story, should have stuck so. around on Earth because the solar system <laughs> <laughs> super strength as well. Well, they might have had super strength in the first place, though. We don't know that. Well, in their new form, according to TARDIS Well, Wikia, yeah. I don't know. Anyway, um, I think I'll no, I and I, I certainly didn't hate this. Uh, it, it doesn't rank up there as one of my favorites. It was I thought it was a, a good first Doctor story. Um, I'm really curious why you what what your problem is. Though. There's no problem. I don't have a problem with it. It's just I don't know. It, it struck me as a, just a, a good enjoyable story. It didn't strike me as a wow. I just can't. And it was it was no Inferno. I mean, we came off of Inferno, which I absolutely loved. I thought that was a just a bang up story and fantastic. And, and I mean, there's a lot of Doctor Who that I set up far above it didn't it didn't supplant you know the Aztecs as far as a favorite Hartnell it didn't supplant the Romans as as, as far as that goes but uh, you know I don't know it just it, it it was just kind of a fun run of the mill story maybe it's the maybe it's the the uh, Wellesian tropes that maybe felt <laughs> too familiar to me maybe that's what it was is that I it, 
maybe in the back of my mind, or, or even while I watched it, there was there was sort of maybe in the back of my mind a been there done that sort of idea, and I, I hadn't seen this story before we watched. Oh, it you hadn't seen this now, and so I think as I sit there and so watched that's it, what a rarity then. For there, you yes, too, oh yeah, because we're we've we've run real low on ones that I haven't seen now. So, um, but it, there was just uh, there was kind of a been there done that uh, feel of it, even though. I liked the story and I thought it was realized really well. It just, it it wasn't something that, other than the the, the format of having the the two stories and as I think somebody tweeted, it might have been Chrissy's, this was wibbly wobbly timely whimey, uh, to me you know, back oh, all the way yeah. back in sixty three, sixty four, so sixty six, yeah, sixty six. Is that oh, okay? Yeah, okay. So sixty six. Oh yeah, three years later. Yeah. So I, you know. It was good. I don't have. Any, I I really don't have anything bad to say about it, other than that it just it felt familiar. Hmm. The other thing that I really liked about it, with the time travel element to it, was we, and we talked a little bit about this in um, Face of Evil when the Doctor lands on the planet, discovers that the computer that he left oh. and uh, apparently imprinted his brain on is now gone insane, and he's got to clean up the mess. In a way, this kind of had shades of that because yeah. it's like, well, we fixed the plague, everything's good, okay, off we go, and then we come right back, and it's and there was that wonderful line about, well, the TARDIS brought us back, <laughs> as if to say, <laughs> yes, she did, because um, you're not done here, and and then to kind of look around and go, even though it wasn't directly their fault per se, yeah, but that there was still more cleanup work to be done. Um, I, I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. I thought all the acting was top notch. Um, I was really beginning to love Dodo. Um, Stephen was great. Uh, the Doctor was great because this is once again this is kind of first Doctor two point because he's a lot more hands on, a lot more hands on, a lot less gruff. Yeah, a lot he, less he, running away from the problem and running to yeah. it now. He he still tries to be very gruff with Dodo, but she just won't have anything to do. Yeah. With it. Well. It, I think he, he 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 always continually seems to have this need with young women to be that grandfather, be that authoritarian figure, to be the and, and he he's attempting that with Dodo now. Yeah, and it's not working as well as it has with with say Vicky or You're Susan. You're not my grandpa. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I, I loved his. Um, the other thing that I thought was kind of odd and that wasn't planned but worked out well for our pairing tonight was the his constant comments about one of these days I will teach you to speak English. <laughs> <laughs> and she was in this fab, in this grade, in this you know whatever okay colloquialisms that she was using. Right, and he right. just, it's like she didn't talk really any differently than Susan did. No, not much. I mean, not one or two slang words in there, but nothing to get up in arms about, which I thought was funny. All right. Well, that's all I had about that. Let's move on to ish. A conference of lex lexicographers, lexographers, bromides in tweed. But the leading expert in the field is found dead by her own hand, and by her holographic assistance. Is he responsible? Does the death fit any conventional definitions? Can the sixth doctor realize who wrote the suicide note and why exactly it was riddled with spelling errors? Perry should help out, but there's a guy, someone who loves language even more than the doctor. Maybe she realizes enough to kill for, or perhaps just enough to ask her out to dinner. Unless, of course, he's already spoken for. Is it madness, seeking transcendence in the complete lexicon? Having the right words 
on the tip of your tongue, but never quite knowing when to use them? If so, how? <laughs> that's it. That's the review for this that's the, that's the publisher summary, and I even went to Wikipedia, and it wasn't any different. Wow. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's as much of a stinker as this, ep- this story is. Um, I don't know if I'll go that far. I, I, was I, not I, liked, impressed by it. I liked the story. I liked the fact that we tried to do something different. I liked the fact that we're dealing with um, well, with words that, that they're in a way. And I, I, I listened to it today, and I dwelled on it for a little bit because it very much it's one of those stories that I want to like, and I think I want to like it more than I actually liked it. The reason that I maybe didn't like it as well as I want to is not as well realized as it could be. Well, it's not as well realized. I think part of it is I just I'm not smart enough for it. I really, honestly, as much of a bibliophile as I am, I still think there was a lot of this that was above me. And so I admire the attempt, and I admire the fact that they went there. And once again, this is the kind of story that only Big Finish could do. Yeah, it it couldn't be done on television. That's that's agreed. In a way, that's almost a detriment to it, because we've already had the Sixth Doctor confronting audio. Yeah. You know, now uh, he's confronting uh, words. Now he's confronting words. It reminded me a little bit. And I didn't think of this at the time. It wasn't until later. Uh, uh, Shakespeare Code, where they, they talked about the. Oh, no, I didn't that think about Shakespeare language. Code. Actually, in a way, can have form and substance and, and and a power to it, just in the words and the syllables that you put together. Yeah, I just have a problem believing that words can have consciousness. That's I, that's just something I just can't wrap my brain around. I guess that's part of why I didn't wasn't that impressed by this story is the words do have power, but they don't hold sentience. I mean, they and they tried very hard to send that home that they did. I liked the idea of the omniverbum and all the dictionary stuff. I thought was fascinating. Fascinating. It was just once the ish actually started, I was like, oh, it's that's okay, whatever. What do you think, Lynn? Uh, the concept seemed to be an interesting, intriguing, and neat idea. Um, I'm a little like Sean, but I think it's maybe my definition of it is I think it, it, it tried to be too cerebral. Um, it maybe if I were more of a well, see, and I, I I consider myself a bit of a bibliophile, but I don't know that I consider myself a wordophile and I think you almost yeah, have yeah, to be, maybe, maybe to be in order to really kind of appreciate this and that's why I can see an English major or you know a literature major or somebody um, maybe getting a little more out of it than I did um, but on the other side of it I, I some of the things that they did do with it I thought were clever and fun um, I liked the uh, banter between the Americanism and the Englishism of, of several different words. Um, the, Which, the banter between Perry and, and, and the Sixth Doctor. The banter was nice. A bit coming off a of Babel sphere. Of course, they did this before Babel yeah, sphere. Right. It had very much a Babel feel to me. And just the idea that that defeats it also I just I just had trouble swallowing. Yeah. Perry was on her game through the whole thing. She was which I great. really like yeah. we've just kind of been on a Perry kick lately. Not necessarily intentionally, but just No, we just have. It's yeah. just kinda of worked out. Well, that way. because we're attacking a lot of six doctor down, stuff, yeah. Gearing up to six doctor. But it was refreshing to see her come at this and the, her relationship with 
um, six in the Big Finish audios in particular has I felt always been always been fantastic, and I think much better realized than than it was on television. But everybody that she encounters, she has fantastic rapport with um, what's the guy's name, Walter. Evan, I don't know. Um, uh, Warren. Warren. She has fantastic rapport with Warren when they're sitting uh, down at the cafe. She has fantastic rapport with Book when she's having the discussions with him. And then she gets back together with the doctor at the end, and it's like she never went away anywhere. They yeah. just pick up right where they left off, yeah. mid-conversation almost. And they're back to that bump, 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 bump. Have you cadence. ever noticed, at least in... in uh, the audios, and I think even this happens a bit in the Six Doctors era as well. Have you ever noticed how well Perry gets on with everybody? Yeah, it's like you. you once she, she just gets a lot. once she yeah. befriends somebody, she really becomes just very good with that person. And it, it seems it's like to, fast friends for life. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it, it's it's. I think that's really a credit to her, and maybe maybe that's a credit to the character, but maybe a credit to Nicola Bryan as well that she's able to convey that genuine friendship in in, in her performance. Um, so yeah, I, I, I kind of felt the same way with with Warren in this that that she just has that connection, and then you know she's right back to where she was. So um, the other thing that I liked about this was the the sensor, the just the the, the device they we're were using. Oh, to censor this up. We're not going to say this. So one. what if we tried to say beep? Oh, I loved that. What a, that that, that was, was that neat. was very clever. That was, a neat that was very idea. clever. And the the other thing that impressed me most about this was the the mis the misdirection. That about you, Warren? About the book. About oh, book. About book. About, about how book. you're really kind of... I mean, they, they keep driving home the point that book is the reason why the... What's her name? Uh, basically died. The and professor. it wasn't because she really did it. I mean, it's almost like a suicide. Wait, it's looked... It's 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 to be... It looked like it's a suicide. No, it really was a suicide. Yeah. I mean, it was just... It was refreshing almost to, to get that because I, I very much felt that they attempted to do a little misdirection with Warren. Yes, that failed miserably. Right. I didn't pretty I much agree. even agree. at the cafe. I didn't trust him. There was something. Wrong I, with I, I never trusted him, but I did not suspect he was also a hologram. Yes, there you go. I didn't suspect that. Yes, but I, I knew he was in on it. I knew he was the bad guy even before they went to go. Well, let's go mess with his programming and see if I can. Free well, book the thing that the, the thing yeah. that keys you off is the fact that he already starts talking about wanting. Uh, what was the the phrase? Wanting to uh, inject. Um, Basically, chaos in the le- in the lexicon in the language yeah. that that was kind of his that you know that was already you're a, more than uh, just an idealist in college exactly, yeah. you're, exactly. you're, 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 yeah. you're the villain of the piece so I didn't buy that but then finding out that book didn't really because I, I was really kind of I don't know as the story went on it almost felt create verbal chaos in a linguistic economy that's what he said yeah, yeah. as the story went on it almost felt kind of the same that you had with that uh, been there done that. Because it, 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 it very much felt like this was going to be the Frankenstein story, where Book was going to turn out to be, I killed my creator even though I didn't necessarily mean to. Oh, even okay. though I don't think she created him, but he was just, you know, killed the professor without really intending right, to. Right. Because she set him on this impossible task of, of dealing with these words like ish that don't really, and I, I loved that with the opening bit with that when he's going through. And I loved Book's voice. Book's book was portrayal extremely was really well well realized, uh, well realized, um, extremely very well done. But and so you know, there was a part of me that kind of just kept holding back from like, oh, I don't want to get too involved because I think I know where you're going with it, and then it didn't go there, and so maybe I did myself a disservice by not just opening up to the story anyway. 
but I'm not. I'm not really sure. That's a good point. You know, I mean, maybe my own expectations kind of shot me down. And on I think it. sometimes uh, that didn't happen with this one. But sometimes I go into a story. <laughs> well, maybe even thinking with art, you know where thinking it's going to go. I know where it's going to go, and then it, so I shut down too. Well, not, the arc wouldn't be because I think that one really kind of did go right. That it would go. I think there's sometimes I go into stories the same way as I already have a pre conception of what it's going to be and then maybe I don't pay attention as yeah. much or, or enjoy it because it doesn't go that direction I want it to. And again, it, it, before we get angry letters from people, um, not that you guys can't send angry letters, obviously it would piss you off send us an angry do. letter. <laughs> but it, it's not that I didn't like the story, because I did. Mm-hmm. You know, I wound up enjoying it. I just I didn't enjoy it as much as I think I was hoping to enjoy it. And for all of the little nuggets in there that work and work well, I really wanted to like it more than I did. One, one thing I don't think they fully explained or touched on well enough, and I had to just deduce the fact that the professor either at one point uploaded herself to the computer yeah. or it was just a recreation by book. Like they didn't really address how it was a recreation by book because the reason I got that out of it and, and I think this is more than a presumption is the fact that he was essentially trying to cover for her because that's where the misdirection is is he's going so far to make it look like it was or you think he's going so far as to make it look like it was a suicide that he can't allow it to have been a suicide. So he's almost kind of going the you know the other direction. So that's why I always got the impression it was book that was injecting essentially a lot of the perception that of her and what was you know what she had done. It would have been nice to have had that explained because I yeah. couldn't, I couldn't tell again especially audio, when the, eventually the doctor talks to her. Yeah, and at no point... I, I mean, if later it makes sense if Warren or Book is the ones talking to her and nobody else can see her. Yeah. That would have made more sense. Well, it just, the, the, the problem that you run into with that particular scenario is that you, especially in an audio, you needed... Because you could have done it visually and she would have walked in the room and you could have done a dun-dun and all of a sudden gone, what? Right. Because the only people that know she's dead are the doctor and, and the other guy. And but crawling, you you in an audio format, you need one of them to encounter her and go, "Aren't you dead?" Yes, you yes. know, so that we kind of, oh, but you can't because then all of a sudden you've ruined that particular hook of the yes, story. That's so true. Yeah. It just it doesn't it doesn't fit together. That's true. But then the doctor does encounter her, and he's kind of got her, and we we get the explanation that well, she's a a construct, and she's a this, and I can't probe too deeply in her memory because even as a construct, she can't right for she can't well I, a murder. Yeah, but but again, I agree. With you. It I, wasn't that, well. That was when he, but that was when he was like trying at, when they were with the body and reactivating the frontal lobe. That that was. Oh yeah, yeah that's that true. Later, you're right, you're he, right. he talks to her you're again, right. and that that's not fully unless the reconstructing the frontal lobe puts her into the computer. I, yeah, I, I, I just have to grasp at straws uh, to get the explanation. I don't like it. I fully admit I sort that maybe of, I'm just not smart enough. I, I sort of got the impression it was kind of a Superman Jor-El, not Man of Steel Jor-El, but a Superman Jor-El where all the, the book was essentially putting forth what she would have communicated to. Her? Exactly. I, I could see that. Based on, and not, not, not as a you know misdirection, but based on what her, you know, because they spent so much time together working on the lexicon that based on what her, you know, he knew of her. She would have reacted to, and and knowing her so well, as it was kind of the impression I got. And I, I fully expected them to go with the, the suicide note. And I almost got the impression that book being a hologlyph kind of became 
her as a hoglyph while the mm-hmm. doctor was discussing. That was what I visualized was that you know you, you just kinda, it went it back flipped and, and then it was her. You know, so um, I was surprised the suicide note didn't play more heavily into it as a clue. I really, when he says, "Oh, look, yeah. it's full of grammatical errors and this that," I, I really kind of thought that it was her way of giving them a clue as to who yeah. killed her. Right. And so that was the other thing that my brain went on that track, yeah. and I couldn't I get see off of it. Once see that I was like, "When are you going to go back to the note?" And what's with the air? Because somebody of her, you know, I, I don't. Yeah, and then it turned out it was, it, yeah, it just really was her note. Really was her <laughs> and I was surprised too for, and again, this is for the benefit of the listeners, because we're getting it in English. Which I don't know. Does a foreign translation of this particular story exist at all? Could you even do that? Because English features so heavily into the format and the structure of the story that that's where ish comes from. I don't know if you could, do, you know, could you translate this into Spanish and still make it work? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But I was surprised for 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 translate into beep <laughs> <laughs> for, for, for a, a universe as big as the Doctor's that English is such a robust. I don't know. That seemed a little self-serving. That you know, mm-hmm. I can see that. I, I, is it just me, or did that seem? No, no. I, I, I kind of. I, 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 I get where you're coming from. I mildly got that impression as well. Yeah, it's, it's a it's, bit of an elitist. It's, it's, well, yeah, it's kind of like always saying, "Well, the humanity is the the, the, the greatest thing in the stars." It's like, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not. But it, just, it it felt a little weird, and the doctor's being such a champion of English, and he's not even bringing up Old High Gallifreyan or right. or any of the other languages that he obviously knows. He's not talking baby; he's talking English and how great English is, and it's a robust language, and it does this, and you, it, it evolves and it changes. And it, very six doctor, it's very much in line with, and I love Colin Baker's delivery yeah. of it because he likes. The but word he's also play. a he's also a soul of, soul threeophile. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It just it just seemed a little weird. But I don't know. At, at the end of the day, I chalk it kind of up to well, it's kind of like Whispers of Terror. It, it had that really cool concept that maybe I just didn't get. I, I give it full props for the idea. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a story you can only do an audio. I think we're all probably on the same page on this one. And I did enjoy it. I just didn't enjoy it as much as I wanted to. I enjoyed the performances, but Doctor and Barry, and that 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 sometimes enough is enough to satisfy me with yeah with Big Finish. It's not one I'd go back and listen to a lot. Yeah, I don't I, I don't know that I'd go back and revisit this one immediately. I was very impressed. But this is I'm, sorry, John. I, I was very glad that this wasn't one of the ones I had listened to before and had to re refresh myself on. I was very impressed with we talked about the audio beeps when it's censoring things out. I was really impressed with. How many words? Not even the the, the far reaching ones that they seem to go for. Mm-hmm. Well, how many words actually just have the obvious ones somewhere yeah. in it? Yeah, like, like the middle. Yeah, of, yeah. <laughs> um, and then everything that was coming out of his mouth was getting bleeped, and it was, I mean, it was just. And at first, I thought, well, the thing's just on the fritz. And then I started listening, and I started really paying attention to what he was saying. It was like, is an issue word? Oh, is an issue word? Wow. So again, yeah, I mean, very well constructed story, but not my favorite. All right. Well, what's coming up next on the schedule, Sean? Next, it is. I just like to say schedule. Just like schedule, which they did. Yep. Schedule. Schedule. No, it's schedule. Uh, coming up next, we've got 
all six Doctor, because it is now officially July. So we are celebrating the Sixth Doctor all month long. Actually, it's officially July right now. Yeah, it is. <laughs> As we record this. There it is. Should have just gone to the website. It would have been faster instead of pulling up my notes. <laughs> <laughs> now my computer has to sort through and go, oh, is this the one you want? Is this the document you wanted? Maybe it's this one. I don't know. I'm thinking. Um, what is I, it? I'd have killed more time if I'd have realized you didn't have that ready yeah, to go. Yeah, oh, sorry. Well, it's... <laughs> Oh, hey, my friend. Well, the pro- part of the problem is you're using Word. You're Sorry, using a Mac. A non-native <laughs> Mac program on a Mac. It came with it. It, it came, came with, with your Word? Mac? Yes. Mine didn't come with Word. Man, I bought the special one. Mine barely comes with Word, and it's a Windows. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using Open Office, though. <laughs> I tried. I don't like Open Office. It's exactly the same. Every, no, know, no, I, no. It's, like uh, it. it's not Word. It's... Uh, it works. Works, works yeah, yeah, pretty much, yeah. I was like, works it, or Office. Word. It's it's Microsoft Office now. It's like works. Yeah. What is the name? Oh, uh, Mysterious Planet. That's what it was. I couldn't. I can't remember. It's just we're doing Travel Time Lord. That's we all are. I can we're launching about. the first Travel Time, Travel Time Lord. Lord. The first part of Travel Time Lord. The first story is the Mysterious Planet. So hopefully you all have those uh, now because we'll be doing that for Friday Night Who, and uh, then we'll be discussing that next week, and that is the 5th of July that we're doing the Friday Night Who's. It's the day after 4th of July. Hopefully everybody has a long weekend. I don't. I'll have a long I don't either. Me neither. Uh, and then we'll be discussing that and the new IDW comic book, Prisoners of Time 6, which may or may not be numbered. <laughs> so that's the show for the following week. After that, we've got Mind Warp. The show that week will be Mind Warp and the Big Finish Destiny of the Doctor story, or the audio ghost story uh, for, for that week. After that will be Terror of the Vervoids, Ooh. and we will do that, and the Doctor Who Revisited number six, which apparently just aired yesterday? Yes. Or uh, two days ago now? Yeah, Saturday. Um, so you've got some time to catch up on it, and then finally we'll finish off July with The Ultimate Foe, which is the end of the Trial of the Time Lord, and we'll talk Ultimate Foe, we'll kind of recap all of Trial of the Time Lord as a, a, an epic long story arc, and we'll do our 50th anniversary discussion of the sixth Doctor era. So there's that. Terrific. Well, is there anything else we need to do? Any housekeeping for the week? Or I don't think so. Anything like else? us on Facebook. <laughs> Follow us on Google Plus. And Twitter, if you don't already. That's right. If you want to send feedback. Feedback at travelingthevortex.com or go. go to our website, travelingthevortex.com. Yeah. Alright, well if that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm still not buying a remote control. I'm number one. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.